Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Long Beach City Councilman Gary DeLong, as we continue our 20th anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America land of freedom is still the home of the brave. So raise the Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening. Welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is Long Beach City Councilman Gary DeLong. Gary, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Before we start, I want to put in a plug for our Distinguished Speaker Series. Uh, coming up on Thursday, October 20th, Juan Williams will be at Long Beach State speaking on muzzled and political debate in America. And Gary, thank you for sponsoring uh, this program. You're very welcome. It's a great series that you've put together. Thank you for that and for all you do for the community, Art. Thanks. Thanks for that, Gary. Well, let's focus on the budget. Uh, you are the chair of the Budget Oversight Committee. Uh, we've all been reading for weeks and months about the uh, budget deficit facing Long Beach. Uh, you were able to balance the budget, but some serious cutbacks. It was a difficult year, but let me start off with the good news. The good news is the city of Long Beach passed their budget not only on time, but we passed it a week early, and I think that's a real achievement for any legislative body in the state of California, particularly when you always hear about the state running late, not making difficult decisions. We made the difficult decisions. We made them early. I'm into that. Uh, tell us, so who took the hit? You know, and everyone took the hit. We took a proportional share this year, so we uh, spread the cuts among public safety, police department, fire department. They weren't exempt this year, and we tried to minimize the impact on those services as well as parks and libraries and so forth. And you were facing what, about an $18 million deficit this That's year? That's correct. A little more than that, but uh, our, basically our expenses, labor costs, were growing faster than our revenues, and that created that $18-plus million deficit. And uh, one of the important components of the uh, 
compromise, if you will, was uh, pension reform. Speak to that. It was. Uh, as part of the agreement, the Police Officers Association very generously came forward. They didn't have to. They had a couple years left in their contract, but they came forward and they did two things. The first thing they did was they agreed to reduce pension benefits for new employees. The real benefit to the city is that means we're now in the position to hire more police officers as our financial situation improves. That won't immediately affect the current deficit, but down the road, that's a huge difference. And that's the second benefit, is that will help down the road, as well as the officers are taking some of the raises, which they're entitled to. We bargained, we, we put them in a contract, they're taking a large portion of these raises, and they're uh, attributing to their share of the pension costs. It's a very good agreement. Historically, uh, they were only paying 2% uh, of the 7% that the, the employees' share of pension and they have now agreed to uh, devote those increases. Instead of getting them in cash, they are uh, upping their contribution to their employees' share of the pension costs. That's correct. Under CalPERS, the maximum percentage for public safety is 9%. They were paying 2 as you just said. Now they're going to take 7%. Their next 7 percent's worth of raises, they're contributing. It's, it's basically a pay cut. I mean, they, they are not taking those wages they're entitled to, and the mayor did a great job putting the deal together. And I think most uh, people following it feel that employees should pay the employee share. If it's 9%, they should pay the 9%. I know historically it went down to 2 because that was in lieu of getting salary increases, but yes. that was kicking the can down the road. It was. And it's time for everyone to step up and... If the employee shares to be 7%, 9 whatever it is, they should pay it. The city should not be picking up employee share of anything for anyone. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And also, if you look back historically, when those arrangements were made, no one on either side could anticipate how much pension costs were going to grow in the future. And in one of the worst decisions of the Long Beach City Council about 10 years ago, when there was some uh, extra money in PERS, they voted to increase pensions by 30%. It was an unforgivable decision. They did not get good advice, and uh, uh, those people who were there and voted for that uh, should pay the political price. No, you're absolutely right, and I would like to point out that was before my time. Yes, it was. That was uh, <laughs> 10, or 10, 10 or 11 years ago. But, yeah, they increased it by 50%. It went from 2% per year of service to 3% per year of service, so an actual 50% increase. We got nothing in return. It, it, was a, it was a bad deal. And we have hardworking and highly capable city workers just absolutely. state for the outset, yes, but it's, it's unfair uh, at a time of huge recession and unemployment and everything else to have, uh, you know, a special class of workers yeah. who are uh, uh, helping out here. That's right. Well, not only is it unfair, you're right, it's unfair, but even more importantly, I think, than the, the, the equity is it's unsustainable. unsustainable. It's not affordable. Even if it was fair, there's absolutely no way yeah. the city could pay those pension costs five years, 10 years, 20 years in the future without decimating every And I think services. it's sunk into the public consciousness that, as you say, these, these huge pension costs are unsustainable. Some cities have already gone bankrupt, yeah. and others are on the way to it. And we're all in this together. So let's be fair exactly. and let's do what's economically sustainable. That's right. I mean, why would you want to live in, in a city, you know, even as an employee, that says, well, I get great wages, but, but there's no services. There's no parks and rec programs. There's no libraries anymore. We've closed them. And, you, yeah. and that's what would happen if we don't correct course. But what about that? I mean, we are at the lowest level of police staffing in years. What about the threat to public safety? But let, let me point that out, that while you're correct, we're, we're down in headcount. We also have record lows of crime, 37-year yes, record lows. Yes, so we do. 
I, I think that we need to. to well, maybe we should cut more. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> there is a point where you, where yes, you can't cut too much. Yes, there is. And what is that? You know, what is that point? I think we're getting, honestly, I, I think we're probably getting close to that. But yeah. let's give some credit to the police chief, Chief McDonald, and his command Fantastic staff. Fantastic job. They've done a great job with the resources they have. One of the things the chief does is he looks to the future and he says, what technology can I use to use a better job, which candidly over a long period of time, technology is cheaper than labor. The chief is very innovative. So We have the best chief you could ask for. And let me put in a plug for the Long Beach Police Foundation. If you, as a citizen, want to help the community, help the police, get involved, make a contribution to the Long Beach Police Foundation. It's a great foundation. Okay. Well, we'll be back with more of our discussion, but first we have to pause for these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on. We're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life. Powered by Edison. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our customer service center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. This is Audrey Kerr, sharing with you just one of the 100 centennial moments we chose to mark this special occasion. Oil extraction in the harbor once caused the ground to sink by as much as 30 feet or more in some parts of the harbor. The solution to this subsidence, pumping salt water into the ground to keep it from sinking, is considered by all an engineering wonder. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. We're back in here in a conversation with Long Beach City Councilman Gary DeLong. There are so many issues to talk about, but in this segment we want to focus on an important proposed project for the Long Beach community and for your district in particular, the second and PCH project. Uh, briefly describe the project. Well, first of all, let me just add that I agree with you. It's important in our community, the third district, but it's really going to be a regional attraction. It's going to be people in Seal Beach, Sunset Beach, Huntington. Okay. People are going to come to this site. But what the proposed project is, is it's to build... Uh, Approximately 400 residential units, 100 hotel rooms, a couple hundred thousand square feet of retail, 25,000 square feet of restaurant at the southwest corner of, of 2nd Street and Pacific Coast Highway. Where the old Seaport Hotel, which is in somewhat disrepair, continues to operate today. That's correct. I think there's a broad consensus that the hotel needs to be replaced and something needs to yes, be built. Yes, everyone agrees on that. But there's a lot of opposition against the height of this project, the density and the increase in traffic 
it will uh, create. Now, this is going before the Planning Commission on October 12th, about a week after we are taping this show. Uh, let me point out that in the current issue of the Long Beach Magazine, our guest columnist, Jim Hankler, former city manager of the uh, city of Long Beach, has a guest columnist uh, on the topic of environmental regulations, and the subtext is uh, a pendulum swung too far. He feels that environmental regulations generally are killing the economy. Also, in the latest issue of the uh, Grunion Gazette, uh, there's a full-page ad with a bunch of important people in town signed on who are supporting the second and PCH project. On the other hand, there are community groups very much opposed to it, such as the Wetlands Trust. They feel it's inconsistent, which it is with the current CDIP project uh, planning, that the building is too high, it will affect uh, negatively traffic, height, and density. You're the councilman. Uh, the city council will look to you in large measure for guidance. Uh, the councilman in whose district any project takes place has an important voice. You're one of nine votes, yeah. but uh, you're first among equals, to put it mildly. Uh, what's your view of this project? Well, first of all, let me just say that I read the article by Jim Hankel. I have tremendous respect for Mr. Hankel. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but he's been a mentor me, to me, particularly in the beginning. Jim was somebody I could go through and say, could you explain this to me? And he would do a great job of taking a very confusing situation yes. and providing clarity. And I thank him for that. In regard to this project, you're right. Uh, I think I will have a certain influence on the outcome, but at the end of the day, it is nine votes. Uh, there is some opposition, but, but I'd say rather than opposition, I would say there's concern. There's concern that we need to make sure we get this exactly right the first time. We don't want another pike on our hands. We got to do it right. But having said that, the community clearly supports some type of development on that corner. I mean, today, what's there is not a community serving amenity. We need to activate that corner. It's just a matter of what should we do? What's the right But, you know, they call it an iconic entrance to Long Beach. And when Mayor O'Neill was mayor, I asked her at least half a dozen times, how come the approaches and entrances to yeah. Long Beach are so ugly <clears throat> from every direction? Right across the street from this proposed project, there are oil wells. There's no landscaping that could easily uh, uh, shade that from view, those ugly operating oil wells. The trees and grass hasn't been cut in years. It's a disgrace. And no matter where you come into Long Beach, it's ugly. For a few bucks, we could really fix up the entrances and have some pride as people enter our city. We don't need, I'm not saying this is the reason to oppose it, but we don't need a $100 million or $200 million project to make a nice entrance, just mow some grass. No, well, you're correct, although there are some environmental issues. It's not as simple as mowing the grass, as you know, as getting a coastal development permit. I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of bureaucracy you have to go through to pull what some yeah, people Yeah, but for 12 years, weeds. it's been ugly and it stayed ugly. It's, to me, it's unforgivable. No, you're right, but it also helped now that a lot of that land has moved from the private domain to the public domain. Six to seven years ago, uh, my predecessor, Frank Colonna, led the effort to get 67 acres of the Bryant property just south of 2nd Street, moved to the Los Rios Wetlands Authority. Last year, the city council did a land swap. We acquired 33 more acres on the east side of Marketplace. We got 100 acres at Helmet. So hey, we mow need to the move, lawn. We need to move. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I've got my marching orders. But back to the project. Yes. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, the Planning Commission will be uh, making a recommendation on October 12th. 
My intention is to take that out to the community as widely as I can, seek input and say, did the Planning Commission get it right? Did they downsize it too much and we need to upsize it to the council? Did they not cut it enough and the council needs to give it a bigger haircut? Tell me, I know you want something, community. Tell me what it is, two-thirds of you, because I'm not going to get everybody. Tell me what 60% what to two-thirds of you would like to see at that site, and I'm going to make it happen. So, and this is a, a basic question for any elected official. Is it your job to reflect the view of the community, or is it your job to lead and give your own input and say, this is the way it should be? You know, it, it's both. When you talk about financial, you talk about pension reform, you talk about balancing the budget, I don't need to go out to the community to figure out how to do that. They've elected me to figure it out, and I've got a plan, I'll, I'll implement it. But you know, when you talk about development project, I might be very pro-development, so that and, and I like tall buildings. Well, maybe my constituency doesn't. I was elected to represent their views, yes. not my views, yeah. so my responsibility is to make sure that I am reflecting what they would like to see at the corner. And I, and I know people disagree with me, but I firmly believe that's what my job is. And we see the Galaxy Towers on Ocean, that big blue building that uh, sticks out because yes. uh, the people decided they didn't want high-rise after that was allowed to be built. That's correct. And some say, this is another galaxy here. But on the other hand, it's a different type of location. There is no residential right around it, so maybe that's an unfair comparison. Well, and I agree. I think that's an unfair comparison. Yet, I do understand the concern of someone saying, well, if you have a 12-story building here, then what happens across the street at Marketplace right. down there? What Opens happens the floodgates for huge... Potentially. Maybe yeah. yes, maybe no, but I think it's a valid concern okay. that needs to be addressed. Well, uh, an important issue for this community to decide, but we need something yes. to get built there. I agree. We'll be back with more of our show after these messages. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Bill Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. Italy's a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! All right, you little trout sniffer. Been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. Continuing our conversation with Long Beach City Councilman Gary DeLong, 
This one is going to be up close and personal with our councilman. He's been in office for six years. Gary, you recently announced that you're running for the United States Congress. I am. Why? You know, because I think our country's headed in the wrong direction. And I think both parties feel that way. I'm a very moderate person, but our economy's in the ditch. We're not creating jobs. We're, we're passing huge amounts of debt onto our kids and grandkids. We need to do things differently. Now, you know, it's a big leap from council to Congress. It very is. few people have done it. And usually you go through the state legislature. Now, I can certainly understand why you don't want to go through the state legislature, which has truly become dysfunctional, and why anyone wants to be in the legislature right now is, is somewhat of a mystery. But So you're eliminating that problem and running for Congress, but our federal government and Congress is dysfunctional now. You know, it's interesting. I guess what I would say is I'm running for an office where I feel I can make a difference. I don't think I can make a difference in Sacramento. I think it's so broken I can't make a difference. But I, feel, I feel differently about the federal There level. are only 80 assembly people in Sacramento and 40 senators. In Congress, there are 435 Congress people. Yes. And you're, let's say you're successful in this race, you're one. How do you think you can change? The tone there is awful now. Uh, people do not compromise. There are no moderates. You get there, you'll probably be the sole moderate in the whole Congress. Uh, you look to your left, you look to your right, and it's very lonely in the middle. I, I agree with you. The rhetoric is that way. But having met with a number of individuals, members of Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, that may be the way they speak in the mic, but that's not the way they are as people. And I, I, If I didn't think I could build consensus and work collaboratively across the political spectrum, I, I wouldn't do it. But I, I think I can. And, I, and I'll show you. I mean, you look at Long Beach. I'm one Republican and eight Democrats on the city council and a Democrat mayor, and I still have the ability to work with people and generate consensus. But Congress in Washington, it's larger than life. It it's is larger. bigger than it any is. person. And bigger issues. And you want to fly to Washington every weekend, every week, and come back every weekend and go through all that. One lone, let's say, rational voice in this loggerhead uh, do you I, really think you can make a difference? I, I really do, and, but, and I don't think I'm one lone rational voice. I don't. I, I agree with many of the things that Paul Ryan is putting forward from a budget perspective and balancing the budget and reducing the, the national debt. Now, a number of people urge you to run for mayor of Long Beach, and uh, if Mayor Foster is termed out mm -hmm. after eight mm -hmm. years and decides not to run as a write-in, uh, someone else will become mayor, and, yes. and you'd be an ideal one. You know, I, thank you for that, but, but I believe, and I, and I think you share this, you need to, in order to do a good job, you've got to be passionate about what you do. Yes, that's true. I, I'm, not, I'm passionate about being a city council member and, and working out in the community. I'm passionate about going to Congress and trying to fix the economy. I, I'm not passionate about mayor, and, and let me tell you, one of the reasons I'm not passionate is I think we have a number of credible people in Long Beach that could do a, as, equal, a better, as good or better job than I can. As mayor of well, the city. and some others think that other Did candidates can do like a, or no? a, a, a good job in Congress too. Yeah, uh, you have several opponents, including Senator Lowenthal, uh, a former Congressman Steve Kuykendall, and yes. a recently announced Orange County candidate. That's correct. So you're going to have to. We have the open primary system now, so the two highest, whatever party, yes. then go into the runoff. Yes, and I look forward to that public discussion, explaining my views, what I think that we need to do to fix the country. And, and I think after you look at all four of us, hopefully I'll have your support. And uh, do you plan to uh, fund uh, your campaign with your own funds? No, I don't. I, I think that's the kiss of death. I, th I think if you can't go out in the community and raise funds for your campaign, there's a message there. That means you're not who the community wants to represent them in Washington. Well, you've certainly gotten a lot of good endorsements. Governor Duke Majin, uh, Supervisor Don Kanabi, uh, 
Order to Laura Dowd, who will be our guest next week. Uh, Ed Royce. Congressman Ed Royce, yes. And Congressman Dan Lundgren, among others. Our former congressman from down here. Yes. So um, it's a new district. We yes, have it is. redistricting reform, and uh, uh, it's, uh, it's basically Long Beach plus a bit of Orange County. Well, it's, it's 60% L.A. County, 53% Long Beach, the other 7% Avalon, Signal Hill, and a piece of Lakewood. The other 40% is in Orange County, which is the communities of Rossmore, Los Alamitas, Cypress, portions of Westminster, Stanton, and Garden Grove, and I've been spending a lot of time in Orange County recently. And you have a lovely wife and a young child. Are they aboard on this thing? Yeah. With daddy in Washington and not at home as much? This is a team family effort. You can't, you can't do it by yourself. We're yeah. in this together. Well, of course, Congressman Rohrbacher has triplets, and uh, if he manages to He do does. It, so. He does. <laughs> yes. He has his hands full, I might add. Y- yes, he does. Uh, well, uh, give us your sense of, of politics generally. Uh, it seems to many of us that the country is not heading in a good direction. No, and I, uh, I uh, voted for President Obama, and I have to confess a certain disappointment in what the results we've gotten so far. Of course, he inherited a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And I think the Republicans right now have more of an interest in the economy not improving because that is a strong campaign issue. And do you put country first or do you put party first? What put country. Oh. I clearly you put country first. I, I, I don't think you have to hesitate on that. Okay. I do agree with you. We're not going the same direction. And I think, as you also alluded, we're too polarized. Yeah. We, we need to come more to the middle. But I also think we have a balance with the, the House and the Senate in one party, perhaps administration, maybe the other party, that we're going to have that ability to work together. But, but clearly, one of the problems is, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, you shouldn't have any more government than you can afford. And today, the cost of the federal government has doubled in 10 years. And by the way, that's two different party administrations, so yeah. this isn't Republicans or Democrats. Right. It's doubled in the last 10 years. You can't afford that. And the biggest problem I see is, as Americans, one of the things we take pride in is we pass a country to the next generation that's better than the one we yeah. inherited. I don't think you could say that today. I don't think you could say we're on the right path and we're going to give a better country to our kids and our grandkids. And even the president admitted that we are not better off today than four years ago when he took office, which is a is a candid admission, for which I respect him, but it's also true. It uh, true. Things are not good right now. They're not, but they're not all his fault either. No, and they're not. If we had someone else in the White House, I'm not yes, sure. Yes, we did. Right? So yes, let's, we did. Let's be honest about that. Well, you know, let me conclude the segment by saying I, uh, the democratic process does not work unless we have good people running for a whole variety of offices. And, and I consider you uh, a you. good person and, and as are your opponents. And I think it's good that good people run for office because if, they, if that doesn't happen, then things go to hell in a handbasket, but they seem to be going to a hell in a handbasket anyway. But let me say good, reasonable people that can work and play well with others. Yes. You do need to get along at the end of the we, day. We need less of does not play well yeah. with others in Congress. I agree. At, 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 at all levels of government. Okay, yes. okay. okay, we'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, an oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. 
Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. We've been discussing the political process with our guests, and I firmly believe we need capable, honest people running for public office to make democracy work. We need people who will put the country first, ahead of their party. We need people who are willing to take a bullet for principle. There are very few profiles in courage these days in our elected officials. We need people who want to go there to do something, not just to get reelected. One's reelection should not be the most important thing uh, in a person's calculus of how to vote. And uh, holding that office should not be the crowning achievement of their life either. And so, Gary, thank you for participating in this discussion, and uh, I, I wish you well in your efforts. And uh, thank you. Even though we'd like to keep you at home, if uh, if Washington is your uh, goal, uh, certainly good luck in your campaign. I'll be working on your behalf either way. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.